For me, I think a voice and a song in particular carries with it a human experience at its simplest and often its rawest. Music has always been a vehicle for the spirit of people, the spirit of the times and the stories of people. And where we believe those stories, that's empathy in action. And that's where action can begin. And this is Cry Power, my podcast about people who are using what's available to them to change the world. Presented with our friends at Global Citizen, on each episode I'll be sitting down with people who are putting themselves out there to support a cause that's dear to them. I'll be talking to people whose work is making a real difference, musicians, artists, or just some of my heroes. I'd like to welcome to the podcast someone very, very special. Uh, I feel incredibly lucky, I have to say, uh, to be able to do this. My next guest is a sociologist, poet, a writer, politician, lecturer, leader, a man who served the people of the Republic of Ireland in every possible form as Minister for Arts, Culture and the Grailtop, Mayor of the City of Galway, as a senator, as a president of the Labour Party, someone who's been a consistent voice for peace, social justice, inclusion anti-racism and reconciliation on the island of Ireland and has proven to be a consistent leader in thought, in ideas, in moral courage, in the political landscape, the Irish political landscape. He is, in my view, one of the greatest communicators and possibly one of the most well-read leaders in the history of the state. And it is such an honour to welcome to the podcast President Michael T. Higgins. Thank you so, so much sincerely for, for joining us. No, I'm delighted to talk to you. It's a privilege. Thank you. Social inclusion and social justice has been something that, that for your whole career has been, has been such an important, important part of. And just to offer some context for, your, for, you, for that um, and what, what, has, what has driven you to that and, and, and making social equality and social justice such a, a big part of your vision. Um, I've heard you once describe poverty. I'm not sure if you were quoting a, a writer. You described poverty as a coldness that gets into the bones and does not leave after, afterwards. I, I, that is actually, I think, from Shona Casey's autobiographical okay. volumes. And uh, I did, in fact, uh, use that phrase uh, very, very early on. <laughs> it seems like so long ago, 1969, I was standing for election for the first time. I was 28. Uh, but it's a good place to begin, uh, and now looking back, you know, imagine looking back a half a century or more, more uh, later, I would say there's, and particularly for young people, there is an incredible importance attached to empathy. Empathy, which is the ability to be able to positively and sympathetically relate to uh, other people, but also, of course, empathy in relation to the natural world in which they, they are so equipped now in terms of information. But sticking with that, what is the opposite of that? One of the most striking things I, I, I have been reflecting on uh, is humiliation. It's a very, very striking thing to think that when you when you look at the research, you find young children uh, in some of the conflict zones I've been in f f found that the humiliation of their parents in front of them had a more traumatic effect later in life than the loss of either or both parents. Uh, 
And in a way, this tells you a great deal about when people... This is why it is very, very important, I think, for uh, the younger people now who are taking up these great, great causes, and it's so, so encouraging that they are. Uh, they, they actually test the words. Uh, and in a way, uh, they have such a great opportunity now well, what I mean by that is when I look back at my own life, uh, why did I, what do I recall now? Very, very early on in my experience, uh, I saw something uh, that really appalled me. And, and that is uh, people uh, being humiliated because of the absence of the basic, uh, the basics of life. And... <clears throat> That has led me now, as I look back, yes, I have been these occupations you described to me, and I probably have read, have read more in the last 10 years in trying to draw things together than, than I have in previous 20 or 30 or 40. But it is very much about the distinction between uh, words like equality, sameness and freedom. I think people shouldn't be free from the basic insecurities of life. Amartya Sen, the great economist, spoke about the ability to participate in your society without shame. When I, as president of Ireland, at this stage now, it's almost in a way, if you were to look back at my life, it would almost seem impossible that I, I would be in this position. When I remember it was quite an effort, uh, I, I had that at second-level education. There was no free, free second-level education in Ireland when I was at second level. So I, it was a mixture of different circumstances. Uh, it became available to my brother and myself, not fully to my two sisters who immigrated uh, in, in their early 20s and so forth. My sister worked uh, as an apprentice confectioner, for example. She's 18. Last week I went to see her. She worked in, in, in Ireland. Uh, an apprentice confectioner for 30 shillings a month with one and sixpence deducted for your uniform. And you were al allowed to eat with the family on Sundays. Mm -hmm. well, this is where I am in relation to his president of Ireland, which is a very unusual, you know, when I was teaching sociology and so forth. There has been a huge pressure to actually say to people, you must put all that now behind you. You must forget all of the violences, not only in your own life, but the violences that surrounded you, the violences of other people, mm -hmm. and so forth. You must, uh, in fact, in order to get on with it, yes. and so forth. Yes. And I could never do it. At times it would create, uh, uh, it has, when I would much later after work, in fact, I worked in as a clerk, and then I got, borrowed some money, and then I went to England, and I had to finish first or second to get a scholarship. But what one was doing was, was you were trying to escape from the repetition of something that you had encountered. Now, uh, uh, people, uh, what do people call that? In some parts, some sociologists, they say that's good for you, the meritocratic society. Uh, the many people, the majority, for the last 30 or 40 years in Europe, 
have been voting for that version of a society to say mm -hmm. they must all be continually competing with each other. Yeah. Or, moving on with it, it led me to other things, uh, uh, which I, was a great benefit in my life later. Sally O'Neill, uh, who's there behind me, mm -hmm. my great colleague, mm -hmm. uh, who, who died last year in, uh, in Guatemala in, a, in an accident. She fell into a gorge with three other uh, United Nations workers. Mm -hmm. But Sally and I, uh, Sally was my companion in uh, looking at massacres. We wrote about, uh, I wrote, and we gathered information on the massacre of Mahota in El Salvador in, in the 1980s. We were in... Salvador and Honduras, Guatemala, which was with me in Colombia, and more recently we were there and, and during the Somalian famine and so forth. And one of the things about it, in, 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 in a way, it, it's not easy for everyone to do, to leave yourself open uh, to uh, uh, these circumstances that you will see in front of you. Mm -hmm. So you, you sent me in a question about it. And this is, you, I've, answered, I've said to you something about how I began, as it were, mm -hmm. to have this recoil from the humiliation that is the base point of poverty. Mm -hmm. The next part of it, when I really mean by empathy, it arises, if you were then as a trained academic as I was then, is do you, do you talk about all the issues in the abstract or do you engage with them? And the reason I think I, I, I went into these situations in refugee camps and uh, I remember running to the top of a queue uh, with a child in my arms in Somalia who later died before I got to the top of the queue. Mm -hmm. And when I think of Sally, in many cases, we were we would go out and in to the because the killings were taking place during the night time. The bodies were dumped in the rubbish dump, and you would know from the way the hands were tied at the back or the stomachs were opened or whatever, who was responsible for this. And then the bodies would be moved to the morgue. You'd have relatives looking for to know, did you see so and so? Did you see so and so and so and so and so? Now. The most interesting thing about what you're dealing with in a world is that this isn't just me talking or recollecting about that. But for 10 years, the massacre at El Mahote, Morrison, was denied. We were told we had in, we had invented this. I went. To, I gave an interview to the New York Times, and that's what, in fact, encouraged the interest in it originally. There are forensic anthropologists today laying out the bodies of the, all of the people of this village, in which just a few people survived. I went back as president uh, of Ireland to visit El Salvador. Uh, the first time I arrived, I was arrested at the airport in 1982 and I was asked to uh, leave the country. But the, now I was back and I was getting the keys to the city of El Salvador. But more importantly, the, the head of the government, uh, I was getting an award in Parliament. And uh, I went on to Costa Rica where the, where the Inter-American Court had called the very thing that we had been said that we had invented as genocide. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the very few places, cases which has been recognised as that. But I want to help you in many ways. What is the choice between the first is in many ways, I think, be it on any basis of race and colour, gender, uh, in relation to means, body size, body shape, or whatever. It is absolutely important that uh, people 
uh, has uh, to make sure that no one is ever humiliated. The next part of it is, is, that, is that, that all of the violences are in fact recognised, and not only interpersonal violence, I speak about this that often, but the violences of institutions and the violences of language. We're actually at a time at the moment where, in relation to linguistic patterns and language, many people are told that really even within media and journalism as the pressures of the market come on and you have to get only a short piece of time and so forth, there's a great aggression in the language. So the next thing is to be able to recognise all the violences. Then the choice after that is as to uh, uh, whether in fact one becomes involved. And that's what you might call, and uh, songwriters would know all about that, and that is about averting the gaze. Mm-hmm. Do you look away? But the one thing about it is that what you should do then to be of most value, I think, is that you can't be just a voyeur on the grief of other people or on the, on, on, on the circumstances of other people. The very, very best thing to do is to take your trained competences and, and be of value. The next part after that, then, is uh, is uh, in relation to where, if you when you arrive at the age I am now, uh, seventy eight. The, the thing is, is that the thought occurs to you very much is that you're running out of road and all of the rest of it. But the one thing that is uh, is very much to, to me is I have, you 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 can open other gear, and uh, I was in. Athens recently giving, I gave the the, uh, the Aristotle address uh, this year uh, and uh, uh, the invitation to President Pavlopoulos. But I was really interested there in, in uh, the limitations of, of reason, uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. And I use a phrase very, very much that I've used before, and that is this, that you mustn't allow cold reason to... Uh, uh, quench uh, the, the the music of the heart. Now, what I meant by that in many cases is <laughs> I've said that you, in fact, have to be useful in all of these situations, but you can't go cold to the point at which you're not, in fact, actually taking... Uh, what is in front of you into you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think this is very, very interesting in relation to your own life and songwriting and that, I think, is in many cases. In the end, a, a word I'm now using, these, I like individual small words, sometimes, the word like resonance. Mm-hmm. You know, when something is like a chord or something is trembling and so forth like that. But it really is about how uh, children take the world into themselves Mm -hmm. and how children are taken into the world. And it's very, very radical to say that all of the children uh, should in fact be able to enter the world without fear and equally in the same way that the world shouldn't come at all of the children and create fear. Well, why should it be radical? Isn't it one of the great failures that we haven't reached a point? And the point is, is that not only not succeeding there in relation to issues such as global poverty and, and nutrition and so on, but to have almost in the Anthropocene to put the entire planet itself and its survival for future generations into peril uh, is now something that has actually, which is very good, 
frightened the world in all generations. It is the most dynamic reactions are coming from very, very young people. And I think what people really need now is a new paradigm, a new paradigm of connection between ecology, economy and forms of social cohesion. In other words, being able to deliver the sufficiency, sufficiencies of life that people argue about what they want beyond that, the wrong way. But that raises a, a question for the people listening to your song, Cry Power, and all of the rest of it. And that is, is that you won't be able to do one branch of this on its own. Even if you changed tomorrow all the different consumption patterns, it wouldn't be enough. So what you have to now try and do is uh, combine three kinds of radical consciousness. A radical consciousness about the ecology and a consciousness about economy, forms of economy, and a consciousness about, in fact, actually, a society and consumption and inclusion and so on. That really has relationships in relation to the world of work and relation to the public world and, and whatever. So in exactly the same way, I think the most powerful thing now would be a form of economic literacy. Therefore, what, you does, what it does, it, it, economic literacy widely achieved within it protects you against fake news, it protects you against fake facts, it enables you to exercise informed political choices between things that have to be chosen between, for example, in relation to earth, environment, work and so forth. It enables you to have a responsible involvement and so on. And probably maybe one of the campaigns I will become next involved and I'm going to speak a little about it later on today is in fact actually the importance of economic literacy mm-hmm. uh, being a, an infrastructural tool to enable the coming together of these three forms of consciousness that I speak. Yeah. Now, I, I've spoken too much. No, 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 no. You no. must ask me questions. No, abs- absolutely. You've, you've kind of you've, you've touched on so many things. I'd love to come back to what you were describing there also earlier on about the meritocracy that pits people against one another yeah. in competition against one another. And I think maybe what I'm now doing is, if I was to turn around, where the, to turn the, the, the opposite of this would have been a kind of uh, a, a republic of vulnerabilities and possibilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is, in, 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 in the case of the, the, the uh, it's the distinction, if you like, I suppose, this way of putting it, it's the distinction between wants and needs. There are identifiable needs uh, that would make it possible, for example, for us to eliminate uh, global poverty. They could enable us to meet basic nutrition needs, to remove housing needs, education needs, and so forth. But you see, you would be still left with people who, in many, many cases, is that wants are different. And wants is where... Uh, and that kind of extreme, when I meant by extreme individualism as well, it it had a kind of, it was at a time, in the last 40 years, it was a very specific period of history, you know, with the classic phrase of the late Mrs. Thatcher about there is no such thing as the social and so forth. The idea was that you, you, by concentrating in a kind of a radical version of the self with an unlimited uh, uh, set of removing any obstacle of the state or any obstacle and so forth, that the market, which was a new kind of natural law, uh, um, which had been brought in there 
people like Friedrich von Hayek and, uh, uh, and others in the, sort of the Chicago school. Mm-hmm. Imagine in my time, after you're so much younger than me, can you imagine a professor, uh, Milton Friedman, and his wife Rose going down after the death of Allende, bringing the graduate class with them to run the country? Uh, to uh, reconstruct uh, to, to, to Chile. And even now the present uh, uh, demonstrations in, yeah. in Chile, part of it is because they were stuck with the 1980 constitution that was established during Pinochet's time. Mm-hmm. Because even after you could get him out of the politics, he was still the head of the army and he was still there as a figure and so forth and so on. Only recently, I think, President Bolsonaro has been saying uh, to uh, the former president of Chile, um, Michel Bachelet, that that if it hadn't been for Pinochet, your country would be like Cuba or whatever. It's exchanging of insults. But I think that people need to call that out. But a great part of all of that in the end of it is uh, uh, such tyrants are few and the people are many. Mm -hmm. But what the people need to do is that people must be equipped with all of the, the... the, the tools that they have in relation to like mm-hmm. uh, 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 the literacies and the scholarships and so on mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think that's a, I think it's an exciting time to be uh, for all, uh, exciting time for them to be alive mm-hmm. the other thing about it is, is, is that in relation to the, 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 it isn't a case of a person doing the music world the, and then becoming interested in politics as if they're in separate no they're all connected because they, they, uh, there are new voices coming from Africa there are voices coming up from the earth and uh, it must be wonderful it, uh, I often think about it all would I have given up all this politics and everything like that to have the talent of some of the musicians I, I see and hear and things like that I think it's it's so wonderful. It's not reducible mm-hmm. to anything. It's training. It's hard work. It's perseverance. It's belief, and all of the, and all of the. But there's, and then there's something special in it too. And and but the most special part of it all is this, is uh, the respect for the audience. I loved when I, when uh, when I, uh, yeah, I have something here from him somewhere. I I was at one of Leonard Cohen's performances down in uh, here in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And we we had we sat there and drinking chicken soup, I remember, and things like that. And you know, there's a lot. It was it was useful to me at the time. I remember the the the, the pieces where ring the bells, the still can ring. You know, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in, and so forth. Forget your perfect offering. That was the best line. That's the second, the most important line. Never forget. Yeah, that's right. And and it is so important in a way. He says that you could less lose a lot of yourself if you allowed yourself to be mm-hmm. pursuing perfection. Mm-hmm. The thing to do is, is to give it a lash. And, uh, <laughs> and the other thing about it all is this, is that if you were uh, in many, many, many cases, I keep on saying it wasn't to be great now to have the energy of that person all over again. I could do it another half century myself mm-hmm. because the things that I'm curious about, push. that's how it is. I think people would be thrilled. And also it would have been very interesting See, see you as a, as a musician, but I think you also we would have robbed Ireland of a of a very necessary, very very uh, very wonderful uh, voice.
Stride Power podcast will explore the UN's 17 Global Goals, a series of objectives that aims to end extreme poverty, reduce inequality, and tackle climate change by 2030. To take action on any of these issues we talk about on the show, go to globalcitizen.org slash crypower and get involved. You, you've, been, you've been an out, outspoken critic of war. You, know, you, spoke, you spoke out against the Iraq war, I remember, during the time. You know, you would have witnessed the, the legacy of war in, in, in your own family. You had two, two members of your family, I believe. Yes. Well, my, 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 all of my, my family were involved in the War of Independence, including my father, my uncle, my aunts, and so forth. But when the Civil War came, my uncle, the uncle Rudy, was a kind, good man. He joined the National Army. But my father was in the, didn't accept, was one of the people among those who didn't accept the treaty. My father uh, 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 spent 1923 in Tintown in the Curragh. Uh, so, uh, and, and, but the other side of it was the bitternesses uh, that followed the, the Civil War was that my father, um, before the during the War of Independence, was working for a, a company, a, a grocery company, wholesale, that for £130 a year and £50 travelling expenses. Uh, in uh, in uh, after he came out of the the campment and and, and no one would hire him, and he had to start life all over again, living as a, an apprentice to grocery. Age. Twenty-five pounds a year, uh, uh, and so on. And uh, then there was this awful way in which, if you like, depending on whose side you're on, the people were treated appallingly for uh, applications for pensions or whatever. I don't believe it. Uh, we met. We we got on. We didn't pay anything huge. I think pretty big price for it. My aunts, for example, my aunt who reared me. Uh, uh, I think I have a poem in one of my books so much. Uh, oh, Katie, I am making my way along the lane of Hazel, and it's a it's a tribute to her and her kindness and her interest in these two children that she and her brother had acquired, uh, and and for which she expended a great deal of love and care and so on. But I think the relationship that was the damaging one was between my my father and my uncle, who really I don't think ever repaired their relationship. I worked very very much when I was became president in relation to trying to people to understand 1916 because remember there were people in Dublin here who had lost people in what, World War One, and then who were not, people who were injured in World War One who were afraid to come out because you were now in a new atmosphere and so on and I, I spent a great deal of new t- new work that I I, I, uh, I took on work of, of, of uh, Richard Carney's work, Paul Ricard's work and Hannah Arendt's work on what is, what is involved in memory and the difference between how do you make a choice between what you will, if you like, commemorate and what's the significance and how can you do it and engage with the memories of the other narratives. I still do that. I had some unionists here last week who were talking to me while we were talking about how do you get on with all of this. The one thing you can't do, no more than in the scholarship we discussed earlier, is invent some kind of amnesia. That's deadly. That won't work at all because you 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 must have to uh, face these things. I do say it was one of my, which I haven't said to anyone now that I think of it. It would have been so much more more helpful if uh, in the last decades, as 
people became sophisticated about it, if the European countries had, in fact, uh, uh, set about the same task in relation to Africa, mm -hmm. you would be able to understand. And uh, there's one great error in the, all of the scholarship that when I when I was studying first in the 70s in particular, I was studying migration, and, and, and that is, there's an assumption that the world is sedentary. Mm -hmm. Mo most of the social sciences are based on the notion that the world is fixed and sedentary, and it isn't. The fact is there's always been a majority of people on the planet moving. Mm -hmm. So therefore migration is in fact the common condition. Mm -hmm. Now, here you have a, a situation, let us say, if you take the, the, the way in which things get completely out of hand. If you're taking the total amount of people of African origin who have been seeking to get into the European Union, and you put it in perspective, it's a, let's say, a million and a half or something like that. There have been millions of people travelling all over the face of Africa and they're responding to climate, they're responding to desertification, the disappearance of the grasslands, there's movements here and so forth and so on. And yet now, because in fact people have created this hostile notion that we're trying to keep Europe safe from these people, that it is actually criminalising. Uh, uh, something that has been happening across the face of Africa, mm -hmm. uh, 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 in a way. So this is this is tragic stuff, and mm -hmm. um, uh, all of this is manageable. Well, you might say that here is rambling away now, whatever. But the fact is, no, that's all I can do now. At different time, you you you're very kind in, in your description of my my different activities of my uh, different periods of my life, particularly that those traumatic periods in the 80s when I took a certain enormous amount of risks, I suppose. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but th this is what I can do now, really, is to try and and, uh, and work and share ideas. And I do that. that. That's what I do these days. You you talk a lot about about the Irish experience as, as, yeah. uh, with, to do with migrancy. And, and yeah. also, you know, we're, we have a huge history of... of being migrants ourselves, yes. being refugees ourselves, you know, and the, the the struggles of that and the difficulties of that on on the let's say on the on the coffin ships 100, 150 yeah. 50 years ago, and as you put it earlier on, the results of um, a kind of an insatiable global economic culture, which yeah. has which has of course led to a a um, if you have a surplus of of resources in one area of, of the world, you're going yes. to have a you're going to have a deficiency oh, uh, in other. So right, you you can't really achieve this new paradigm of balance, ecology, economy and society without doing trade totally differently. You, the, the notion that there are a couple of things about it. One is, is, is that, that the planet is capable of producing uh, 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 um, accelerated or growth or even growth as we have now. Is, no one can seriously hold that view. You, you, you have in fact actually changed your definition. Now what, where you are, uh, where the really issue is, where the real intellectual work is, how do you manage to convince people uh, 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 there are people who have never got past the point of sufficiency. They can't be asked to carry the greatest burden of the 
adjusting to climate change. But that's why also you therefore have to transfer science and technology mm. to these areas. Mm. And you also have to have a very, very serious look at the notion of, of intellectual property mm. and the notion of patience, uh, uh, the, the notion of who is being rewarded by this and who is being punished by arguing for uh, the infinity of patents and so forth and so on. The other thing then is this relation to look at the way we're doing it. If you're going to, in fact, take all the doctors and nurses from Africa and Asia uh, into to a Western system, while you have huge medical needs in, uh, in these areas. Yeah. And then if your approach is to that, that raises the issue which we have. We, we could, we'd be here for months if we did in relation, <coughs> where Mariana Masucato's work is very, very important. What I worry mostly about is hiding in the bushes behind this argument about uh, migration and movement and everything are, I think, racist categories. Yes, yeah. And it is about race, I yeah. think. The point about it is, is that uh, the, and the whole thing, that all the philosophy about And yet, at the same time, it's there it is as the central issue in all the philosophy on mm-hmm. this how you to construe the the other mm-hmm. is the other coming to you as a friend is the other coming to you as a source of new wisdom mm-hmm. in Somalian culture people used to have contests has he got a new word that they used to have word contests or should you be afraid this is the important part about it where the European thing goes totally wrong mm-hmm. and that is in which you define uh, the, the, the other in, uh, in you say that you have to protect uh, 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 yourself from these waves of yes, otherness yeah. coming towards you yeah. And then a question in many cases is, what is it about them that make this, this would make you think like that? Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be at it very, very, very long before you would find this, uh, be find the old the racism. racism surfacing. So that's why racism has to be called what it is. If you find yourself inspired or angry, this podcast isn't just about talking. It's about making change happen. And you can do that right now. You can head to globalcitizen.org slash crypower to take action on these issues. This is Hosier, and you're listening to my Crypower podcast. How, in your, in your, in your experience, you've, you would have lived through many recessions and the, the kind of hate-mongering that comes with it each time, the blame game that comes oh, with yeah. it. In your last campaign, there was, uh, in your last presidential campaign, yes. a, few, a few have gone on to do some, some, some yes. you know, I won't go into it, but there was definitely punching down the tactics of punching down in, in used by other candidates in that. So you've, you've, I'm sure you've seen examples of it throughout in, in, in every corner of the world. How as individuals and as citizens who are concerned about that rise of, yes. of those myths, the rise of, of let's say, yeah. stirring the, the, the uh, pot, the pot uh, yeah. with regards, uh, you know, race, etc., and racisms and all, and, how how can that best be countered and, and uh, well that's where I think there's a huge importance to the economic literacy campaign and and I tell you that only one person initiated a full good report on how austerity affected uh, people at different levels of income the the outgoing secretary general of the Council of Europe he's retired recently I wrote him uh, to him only the other day but he did but the main point about it was was that it, it, it was very, very, very simple, the, 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 the model. But I met Mr. Schauble, uh, who was there at the particular time, and their main reality was that, in fact, it was the abstract, the fiscal has to be made 
to protect it at the cost of the people. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that that has that has done immense damage. And related to that, in many cases, uh, look at all the places where trust was lost. Trust was lost in bankers and mm -hmm. banking. Mm -hmm. Trust was lost in institutions and so forth. Mm -hmm. And trust uh, in politics. Trust, of course, the most blatant, uh, appalling uh, breaches of trust was in relation to the Iraq war yeah. and it will take generations for us to extract ourselves uh, from the lies uh, deceit and outrageous international crimes that are the, that are the Iraq war yeah. and uh, and on it goes but the thing about it is that La Steridad the interesting side of it is they, what has now happened is, is that they, they know Guess what? You had to bring the state back to save the banks. Mm -hmm. But now there are popular movements that are saying, why cannot we use the state to create new opportunities, to create a green economy rather than a destructive economy and so forth? So the state is back, yeah, yeah. I think, in, in thinking, and that is good. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, I was, I was going to say, just, just, uh, just for, sure. on, on from that, engagement in the democratic process, that is, voters using their their right to vote and taking the reins of their future into their hands. That's at an all-time low, it's at a historical low. Well, you see, this is where I, I, and, uh, why I'm not obsessed about, but it's so essential in many ways. I've actually met very senior people who said there are very, very few people who understand the European Monetary Union. Mm -hmm. There are very, very few people who understand this. There are some others who have said as well as this. Uh, a man wrote a letter to the paper quoting Friedrich von Hayek to say, when will the president realise? And he quotes it right to where von Hayek actually said, the number of people who will understand economics will always be very few. Mm -hmm. So therefore you must go ahead and, and create consequences for them yes. rather than having their opinion. Right. That is why it is absolutely essential that, in fact, in the same way as the printing press gave us the pamphlets, mm -hmm. that gave us the different options in parliamentary politics, that gave us democracy, we actually, actually have. And why it's a hard thing for people, people in the centre and the left and the ecological movement, whatever, to say in many, many ways, you know, uh, 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 this is the tough work. I, I was writing a poem, I remember about it all. It was a poem, uh, one was, was something like, the night is long and I awake am struggling to recall the beach of feet behind banners made holy on Saturdays on the way to the march. It was about the way that Saturdays were always used when we used to have these great gatherings in the trade union movement mm -hmm. or whatever like that. But the hardest part was to get the people who were at the missions to read mm -hmm. the, 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 the that you had to know. Yeah. The, that you, And you, people would say, well, continually making the literature attractive and all of that. Yeah. But the main thing about it is, this is the interesting side of it, mm -hmm. in relation to the worst forms of populism, mm -hmm. the right doesn't need literacy. It thrives on illiteracy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And all it needs are a few slogans, uh, such as that, that the stage is wasteful, the stage is too big, and then in many, many cases about it is uh, then God has rewarded you with wealth and so forth. Thanks. So <laughs> now it, the point about it is that anybody who is representing the alternative has to be sharper, better. Mm -hmm. And in the exact same way as doing the bloody scales, mm -hmm. you just have to bang it. You, you and I think what you're going to really see is, I think when you see, uh, if you see the people to move on to the next phase, phase two, mm -hmm. 
beyond the, the, the environmental one. In a way, they'll see how the environmental thing fits into the economic, into the social in many cases, and fits into a two-two-two foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Then, in fact, you have real debates. And I think that could renovate and, uh, and give new energy to institutions like the UN and that. Yeah. Okay. On what you were talking about, marshes, I'm sorry, I'm no, just fascinated. Yeah. You had used, just on that, the, the energy of, 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 of a collective getting together, yes. uh, standing for each other's rights and... and both, both well, that's how people were educated. There were people who wouldn't have, for example, I remember very, very, very well, you're on the way to the march, and one of the things that are very beautiful images is that if you look, think of them, oh, well, you're too young, but the minor strike, if you look at the Greek, the, all the gold braid on the banners and everything like that, and the whole collective emotion, and the big, big flaw we have now is that it is possible to organise large events by sending out information. It is going to happen at such and such a time, at such and such a venue. But because you're looking at the screen, you're not using the five senses. You're not hearing the conversation. Mm -hmm. You're not having the the other things like that. You're not getting the fullness of the experience. Mm -hmm. And there are people who set out, for example, in relation to the feminist ones, I remember very, very, very well. And it was as you're going along and so forth. And then the next part of it is, in fact, the emergence of the day was the speech and so forth. And then there was the debate about the speech and who was good and who was poor and who was everything like that and all the rest of it. And all of this was a kind of a collective experience. And I can tell you, to this day, I would know, you knew the people who'd worked it out in their head. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, and th- that's... How do you do that now, uh, in a way, if, you could, if you're kind of trapped down mm-hmm. electronically? Mm-hmm. So you, you need to do more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, the expression you'd used, I think, in a chat recently, is... It, it, if you even even engaging in, in an act of, of solidarity in a march yeah. like that, you may not have been well versed to the nth degree on the on the issue and, and the and the complexity of the issue that you were marching on, that it that it taught you to to walk alongside, I suppose you're your Oh to walk people. alongside, that's very good. Yeah. Do you know what's wonderful too in relation to the thing? Then better than all the when all the what you know the piece you have with the dancers in your piece uh, with the the, yeah. the, the dancing so that yes, yeah. when you just for me in many, many ways when I as a former minister for, for culture and that is ways to dance really needed so much more. But uh, in relation to the movements of the human body and that mm-hmm. and the freedom, the joy and all of the rest. is that we should in fact be able to do all the the other stuff the same way and uh, and that's why in many 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 cases that when people say wasn't that great in other words this this is uh, this is work of all of the senses and the body as well as the uh, as well it's not mind work Mm -hmm. only Mm -hmm. this is why it is uh, it it is work of the heart and everything like that it's in that sense the movement will be different rather than the march to the venue in many, many cases. I think the combination of genres and the combination of art forms is capable of giving a new model. Yeah, yeah. The, the march, I suppose the music of the heart, as you, as you described it. Yeah. Can I ask one final question, can, which yeah. is just, um, I suppose, either, just to end on a, on a positive note, yeah. something that you are mo- most proud of in your, in your career. Yeah. And something that you are very, very hopeful and excited for in the future. What I really uh, uh, like now, uh, uh, what I what I, I think is better as well, is uh, 
I, I would love to see uh, intergenerational stuff uh, uh, getting deeper in a way, uh, accepting, for example, in many, many cases, what is there after? Uh, we are now here and, uh, and, and the rest of it. And, uh, the, the one that I, why did I like, why do I like dance and, uh, and so forth? Um, I think at different times, uh, uh, different senses uh, are privileged. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very fascinating that in ancient philosophy, uh, the, the, the stomach and the heart were privileged above the brain. It's quite late that you get to that. Mm -hmm. But equally, in the same way, I think uh, now in relation to the elimination of fear, is the, the, the uh, important thing. Mm -hmm. And the one thing about it is, is that the, when I was just, when I was in my 20s, I remember in the sociology model, what's a wonderful thing anywhere is, is when a person says, I could do that. To have every child and every person of any age and whatever I did, actually being able to say, looking at something, I'd love to try that or I could do that, uh, to privilege uh, uh, the curiosity of freedom in the world in that way. And that, the main, main thing about it in many, many cases, we're, we're only a very small way out of the, the liberation of the, the body. Um, and one of the things, if you take all of the... If I have one great, one of the great uh, shorter name it would be, to see a widespread global movement against violence, and including domestic violence, mm -hmm. and addressing the issues of violence. And then the opposite of that, aside of the kind, is people's comfort and lack of fear in dealing with things associated with the body and the mind and difference, mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And, uh, that's all achievable. The important thing is to keep saying, and it is. It's all achievable. Uh, 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 I might be, uh, might be gone myself, but I said to Noel Brown, as a photograph over there, we used to always say, what would have been our... The question you asked me just now, and we used to always say the same thing, it would be that hundreds and thousands of people would run past us making better demands than we've been making. And that would be my answer to That's beautiful. Beautiful, uh, very, very beautiful answer. I have to say, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I don't think the people of Ireland will let you go anywhere for the next half century uh, if, if they have anything to say about it. Um, thank you so, so much. I couldn't tell you how, how much of an honour. Thank you. is made in association with Global Citizen, a movement of activists all over the world who are using their collective voice to end extreme poverty by 2030. You can head to globalcitizen.org slash crypower to take action on any of the issues we talk about on the show and earn tickets to gigs all over the world by signing petitions, writing emails, or sending tweets to world leaders. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Crypower podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts right now. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Hosier, and this is Cry Power.